startuprad.io. Your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. Looking a little bit sweaty because we are recording this at the end of June 2022 and it's actually getting really really hot right now in germany and you know we german guys are not used to it that's a totally different story for david my guest today hey david hi hi yo how are you i'm doing great and i remember um in madrid it gets really really hot right that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So this is actually not uh, not so difficult for me, uh, fortunately. <laughs> but I've been living in, in Germany for a long time now. Um, this is my sixth year now. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting used to it. And today you are our interview guest because you're running Kenjo, which we will get to later. And Kenjo, I would, uh, you said is the number one challenger of personio which is already a unicorn here in germany is that approximately right this is that's absolutely right that's absolutely right wonderful so now we have set the stage let us take a little dive into what are you doing so basically we realized we've been both in madrid 2004 during the drain bombings but at this time we didn't know each other but you've been growing up there and um can you tell us a little bit what you've been doing before because i've seen you've been a java coder can you tell <laughs> us a joke a coder joke <laughs> yes absolutely in my so at the beginning of my career i have a technical background i i actually studied in in scotland for for two years then went back to spain and did it it consulting for a, for a few years before i started in my let's say my, my entrepreneur uh, journey and uh, developer joke i it's been a long time since i i don't code and i'm not so involved into uh, coding anymore and so i i guess i'll i'll use a classic one the, the classic joke of uh, it's not a it's not a bug it's a feature whenever someone complains about the about the product because they don't know how to use it and i think it's also one of those it's one of those jokes that uh, <laughs> brings a lot of joy to developers you know because they're like hey i did this the way it was uh, supposed to at least the way i was told i should do it and it's there now if it doesn't work as expected <laughs> i've done my job yeah, the, the the usual thing, the program, the problem is in front of the screen, right? Um, I have seen you have started as a Salesforce developer in lovely Zurich for Mein Deal AG. I think that's where your entrepreneurial journey really started. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing there and how you moved up to head of operations there? Absolutely, yes. And so after a few years in, in Spain working in IT consulting and where I mainly was um, working in, in cloud computing and Salesforce and the Salesforce, the Salesforce ecosystem. And that, that, also, that connects why then later I think we'll, we'll get there, why I eventually founded a company in the uh, Salesforce partner basically. Um, but going back then um, in 2011, uh, I was in Spain working in, in, as I said, in IT consulting. And for already back then for a couple of years, I, I had felt this inner, let's say, urge to understand startups and to 
basically to go work for a startup to understand what are these companies that are growing so fast these days. Back then, 2010, 2011, the startup scene in Spain was non-existent. There were like literally two companies that were relatively famous, so very, very small ecosystem. And I started looking for, for a job um, to, to join a fast-growing startup. Always thought I would end up in London. But then I got a, a call from a crazy guy. Um, his name <laughs> is Julian Taike. We, I think uh, we, maybe I can tell a bit more about him later because he's the, the CEO from WeFox, the insure tech, uh, the also unicorn and one of my, he's one of my angels and investors. And, uh, but he was one of the founders of that company, Time Deal in Zurich, gave me a call. And 11 days later, I landed in Zurich and I started working for them. Uh, I landed in the right place at the right time. Company was growing super quickly and I wanted to also understand the business part of the side of things. I, I already you know, I had been working in, in tech for, for a few years, but I wanted to understand from a business perspective, everything as much as I could operations. And that's how mm -hmm. I transitioned internally in the company um, to, to an operations role, basically. In the beginning was uh, helping the sales guys um, to sell more, sell more efficiently. And then eventually I ended up leading the entire, the entire operations. And just to give you an idea, um, so you have a, um, a, you can, let's say, paint a picture of the, of the madness that was going inside, uh, inside the company at the time. Uh, we went from around 8 million in revenue to 100 million in three and a half years. So it was, it was total madness, uh, chaos, and I loved it. <laughs> so that's why, you know, even, <laughs> even though I, I think I, I never worked, I've never worked as hard, to be honest. Um, uh, but it was a great challenge. It was a great opportunity to, to grow. And, um, even though I was not, I was not a founder, for me, that's the start of my entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. I think we have a quote to promote this interview. Dein Dilagier. It was total chaos. It was total madness. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but at one point it looks like um looks like end of 2015 you uh jumped chip at dine deal ag and basically co-founded a company in berlin i would pronounce empua and you pronounce <laughs> empower <laughs> empower Okay. Can, can you tell us a little bit what you're doing there? Because my understanding is you're still a co-founder, you still own equity, but you're not operationally involved in it anymore, right? Correct. That's right. Yes. Uh, so I, I will tell you also a little bit of the, the story, how we, how I got there. And, and in, in 2015, uh, the Dine deal was acquired uh, by, by a media group from, from Switzerland called Renier. And the founders transition left the company, and I also thought, what's next for myself? Where do I, where, what do I want to do? What, 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 what do I want to do for the next stage of my of my life and my career? And then I asked myself, what do I know? What can I do well? And two things came to mind. One of them was my Salesforce background, and I had been working with the technology to help scale other companies, and in particular, Tindil, and. And, and I knew how to run the operations of a fast, fast growing business. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, that was why, that's why I then, um, together with Julian Taike, the, the CEO from WeFox, he's also my, my co, my partner and co-founder at Empower as well. And, and other people, we came to Germany, to Berlin and said, okay, we're going to build the first European Salesforce partner for VC backed startups because 
what we know how to do well is scale companies mm-hmm. and um, and Salesforce technology. And we know Salesforce can help startups grow very well, very fast. It's a very from a from a technology perspective, something very agile that you can you know adjust very quickly as the company grows. Um, so we put these two things together and mm-hmm. and built basically co-founded Empower in 2015. Mm-hmm. And you're there, Europe's only Salesforce for startups partner, right? Uh, yes, correct. Can you tell us, like the people for me and a few thousand people will listen to this interview <laughs> and most of them will have a clue what Salesforce is, but can you tell, uh, do a little uh, mansplaining for guys like me what Salesforce actually is and what you did? Because I personally don't have a clue. Yes, I, absolutely. Because Salesforce, um, I would say it used to be a CRM. Uh, customer mm-hmm. relationship man- management system uh, to manage the relationships with your customers. In the beginning, mm-hmm. very, very, very much focused on sales. And, and then over time, it has grown to become a full customer, uh, let's say customer experience platform where you can um, market and generate uh, demand for your business or market your, your product and your services, then um, organize sales and now also customer service and, and support all in one platform. And in, in my opinion, for the enterprise, it has the, the most powerful underlying technology that gives companies the, the agility that they need to change processes and to adapt at they, as they scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. But at one point, you then decided to really go out for yourself and co-founded another company, and that is the Intertech Kenjo.io we'll be talking about today, right? Yes, exactly. And so what happened was um, since the there's another let's say there's another story that intertwines um with the um with my 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 whole personal story. And um in at, at some point in Switzerland in 2014, 2013-14, I became a manager for the first time and I realized how much I actually liked the whole Topic of people management and helping people be their best at, at work and creating opportunities at work where they could play to their strengths, making people work better, work better together from, from a soft skills, but also uh, hard skills. And that was my kind of first, let's say first connection with HR. And then, um, I put all of that into, in practice when I founded Empower, when I founded my, my first company. Just to give you mm-hmm. an idea, we implemented Holacracy. Holacracy is like a new radical way to manage companies without bosses, uh, with full transparency. Yeah, very niche. Not a lot of people know about this system. And, uh, but it was, it was for us, it was an, our attempt to try out new things around people management. And because we were passionate about it, because we liked it. And we wanted to find out how we could create the most engaging workplace possible. So it was a, it was also for me a time to experiment with people management. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of recruitment, growing my company, performance management, admin uh, stuff as well. And eventually I realized that there was an opportunity from, a, from an impact perspective and from a, let's say, financial perspective, a market for a company like Kenjo. And mm-hmm. Kenjo... It's a it's an all-in-one HR platform that helps companies do now three things mainly core what we call core HR 
So it's a the system of record for all the employee data where you can store all the employee information, have your workflows, automate processes like onboarding, holiday planning, etc. cetera, uh, recruitment, so hire new people, mm-hmm. organize the recruitment process, and performance management as well. These three things, we put this into one into one platform for a small and medium companies across Europe, and now also we, we are active in, in Latin America as well. And um, yeah, I think that's... Uh, so that's how... You know, things connect. Uh, how I came mm-hmm. to the conclusion that uh, Kenjo made sense uh, because on one side, yeah, it's a it gives us an opportunity to to have an impact on on companies and help companies be manage their people better. And, and but at the same time, we know that most of the SMBs across Europe and actually worldwide don't leverage yet HR technology. So that's a that's a good opportunity. For you know, for a business that makes sense, also from from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. I vividly remember from all the companies I've been to, I've been an employee of, or I work for in one capacity or another. HR is usually a salient different systems, and actually, at some of the companies I was working for, I always had to search in the internet in old emails, what is the current tool we're using for this and that or for this and that? Because it's like spread all over and then you realize, oh, dang it, that that was the old system. I'm supposed to do that in a new system. And uh, plus you always had this very informal stuff. So basically a team in a project does its vacation planning. Maybe they're not even members of your team and then you have to go into the system of your company and officially do the vacation stuff and all of this that is quite tiring and basically what you do is do this for one company but my understanding is you're not necessarily uh targeting the mercs the bmw the mercedes um like the really big companies what 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 is your target size here in terms of employees of this company yes and we target small and medium companies and uh, up to maximum 1,000 employees. And that really, the, let's say the sweet spot is up to 500 um, in, this, in this range. That's where a platform like, like Kenjo makes more sense. Yeah. That already sounds like there is a lot of potential customers out here in Germany. With the Globally, there should be like millions of companies like this out there. Um, before we get a little bit into that, I was curious because I have also seen shift planning in there. In the past, I was in a paramedic ambulance and it, it was always troublesome how this was, uh, how the, how this planning was done back that, that was like before 2000. And, uh, the, the, the person in charge did it with an Excel sheet, uh, stored on a, a floppy disk. Um, can, can you do this now automatically? Like, press a button, you have all the people in there and all the holidays, everything is in there. Can you do that? that that's exactly it. Yes, correct. So that's uh, what you can do. Yes. Uh, so shift planning is a tool for uh, for shift managers, operations managers. And one of the one of the functionalities is that uh, once you have your people there, data availability with one click, it creates smart uh, smart rotas uh, for, for people. And then it also sends out via mobile confirmations. People can basically choose or accept uh, shifts, um, upcoming shifts. So it really eases the pain of coordinating lots of people. What we've typically seen here is Excel files on one side uh, for the operations manager 
and and then a lot of WhatsApp. So basically asking people in WhatsApp, hey, can you do this shift end? Can you do this? Now it's much easier. And um, so if you if you're an operations manager, shift manager, yeah, it's going to give you some some hours of your life back. From my personal experience, it would also be cool if people could start um, exchanging shifts if that all works within the uh, the frame Correct. given by the company or legal frame. Um, that would be awesome. Can they also do this? And do they need WhatsApp yeah. for it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're working on this actually. Yeah, shift swapping, uh, we call it, and it's uh, it's giving people the opportunity to exchange shifts basically. So you say, oh, I I would like to take off. Friday afternoon to do whatever. Does someone want to take my shift? Now we'll do another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. One more thing about the shift plan, because just personally curious about that. And then we uh, go on. You've been, you've been saying like on a mobile app, you can take shifts. So it's also for companies who have like a lot of part-time employees, um, uh, just showing up for 10, 15 hours a week or something like this. Uh, and basically you can send out messages to all those people on their cell phone and they can accept shifts. And, uh, basically then you, ha you only have to take care of everything that is not accepted yet. Is, is that true? It, it, that's correct. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the main use cases when you, you have a lot of part-time people, uh, part-time employees in the in the in the company, and then you can send through the app a request mm -hmm. for them, and yeah, then they can accept, reject, or send send comments back to the to the project manager. So yeah, you got that absolutely right. Even without WhatsApp, <laughs> <laughs> even without WhatsApp, that's the idea. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. And um, what type of industries are you targeting? Because my understanding is, if you have industries with shift, like in production, like in medicine, uh, and, and a lot of other um, areas that actually need more than one shift, that should be sweet spot because apparently it will take a lot of work from those operational managers. Correct, correct. And uh, one of the, or some of the, uh, the industries where our product has, uh, let's say, creates more, more, more has more impact, are uh, industries like retail, manufacturing, etc. That they are very intensive when it comes to time management and shift shift management as well. Um, but I have to say there are other industries like, for example, business services. They might not have as complex requirements, but they also work sometimes in shift because they maybe have an IT support team mm -hmm. that has to stay up at night and they have to turn like they take basically uh, yeah, shifts to to be twenty four seven on duty. So it's not only exclusively to let's say um, to tailor to mm -hmm. to retail or manufacturing or one specific industry, but it's yeah, it's more about the uh, companies that need managing shifts. Is there like industries you completely target, or you basically say? It mostly with a little bit customizing, with a little bit adjustment. It works for like all industries. We are very, we're quite agnostic when it comes to industries. So we have customers from from all industries, and but it's true that there are um, five, six industries where we see our product is usually the best choice for customers. In, in these are these industries that I mentioned before, uh, industries like retail, manufacturing, also healthcare. And education, yeah, they are very. That's where we see um, among other things because of what you mentioned. The the fact that we shift planning, it's an important part of the tool. Mm -hmm. It's something that we do very well. And these companies typically have strong 
needs or demands mm -hmm. pains when it comes to to time management. So those are industries that for which our product work quite well. What also came to mind when you've been talking about this would be restaurants, but then I'm not sure if they're big enough, if the requirements are big enough for most restaurants, WhatsApp group will do. Correct, correct. Um, if they go beyond a certain uh, threshold in terms of number of employees, mm -hmm. then yes. And we have um, one of our customers is Domino's um, in, in Germany, their, their German branch. And for a company like Domino's makes sense because they, you know, they, they have people that could work in, in different uh, in different functions. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and pizza shops at the same time. They also, some of the, some of their um, restaurants are quite big, actually, the way they employ a significant amount of people. Um, so for them, work quite, it works quite well. If you're a company, like a small restaurant with only six, seven people, you probably can do with a WhatsApp, mm -hmm. WhatsApp group. Um, we've been talking about more the, um, blue color jobs but actually mm -hmm. i've i've seen you also say that you can be faster with hr um meaning onboarding of people getting new hires done how how yes. does your software support there because like most of the listeners right now um in as of last week 94 countries across the world would be more interested in how you guys could help there what you could do there Because I would say, I do believe if you're faster in HR and getting out offers and getting people onboarded faster, you have a competitive advantage, right? Correct. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. What we do is uh, on, on one side, we help companies with their uh, building a career page that uh, resembles their values, their company values. So they also attract the right people. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, a career side is is very actually very similar to to your website for clients mm -hmm. for your customers but for people and at, at the same time it's kind of the same it's kind of the same you're selling your company to people to you know to, to to work for you basically um and so we help them build career sites that um that that help, helps companies attract the, the right people for them and that's something you can do in kenjo and then this career site uh, then Within Kenyo, you can create um, job offers mm -hmm. and post them in multiple job boards, paid and free, both. So you can maximize your uh, reach to, let's say, you know, hunt like a very wide net of uh, of candidates. And and then we also help them digitize and orchestrate the hiring process internally. So, for example, people apply. Uh, into through the through the career side, and then um, you can communicate internally with the hiring manager, with other people that are um, maybe involved in the hiring process. You can communicate through the through through Kenjo with the candidate, send automatic emails, reminders, and then also sign the work contract or job offer um, electronically as well from Kenjo. So eventually, you speed up speed up significantly your recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And in today's market, that is very competitive when it comes to hiring the best talent. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's definitely an advantage to, to towards you know, other companies that might use more, let's say, rudimentary uh, tools. Mm -hmm. That is also something I was, I was thinking this could be help you win talent. Um, 
can it also help you a little bit keep talent? But I have to uh, add one caveat because you can post a job all over, but it no does not recruit you the development talent you need right now. That's something you still have to do yourself, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. There are certain certain positions. Uh, tech is one of them where you have to actually go out. And um, for this, can you can also help, by the way, because and we have a browser extension. So when you are in Chrome, looking on, on LinkedIn, for example, um, looking for people, you can capture their profiles and put them into into Kenjo and then send them uh, personalized messages out of Kenjo. So you can also build what we call talent pools. Uh, even, even when you're not looking actively, you can still build talent pools to engage with candidates over time so that they are so they know your company mm -hmm. and they're you know they, they they have you top of mind for when you open a position and then you can target them what other positions are right now uh, pretty much in demand you, we've been talking about development talent i would assume yes. sales sales should be also yes. pretty much that, in demand the one. what else yes um product as well and i, I can say here that it varies a bit country by country. So we 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 operate uh, across Europe, mm -hmm. and Germany, but also Spain, um, Switzerland, Austria, and other countries. And we, we see some differences. Um, but generally speaking, I would say developers take people super difficult uh, in all countries. Product managers, Germany, quite difficult um, to, to find product managers. And especially if you're looking for German-speaking product managers, I think that's uh, that's that's it's 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 easier to see a startup unicorn than a German German-speaking product manager. <laughs> that's more difficult. So I, I, we we should start calling these people also unicorns. I think okay. it's more difficult to find a, a German-speaking product manager uh, in in Germany. And, and then sales, yes, sales, and especially for specialized roles. Like for example, if you're looking in our case. Uh, we look for for account executives and SDRs with experience in B two B SaaS mm -hmm. sales. Very difficult, very very difficult. Mm, I see. Everybody who'd like to learn more about your tools, they can go down here in the show notes. As always, your LinkedIn profile is linked, but the company profile is linked. Um, that was, of course, not the end. Let's talk a little bit about the startup itself because. As you already said, Domino's is uh, one of the customers you have on your website. I also found Jaguar, like the car producer, yes. and Land Rover. But I do believe they belong together. And um, yes, I've also seen that investors are the co-founders of Unicorn Tax Fix and InsureTech WeFox. Um, I think we already know the story. The WeFox founder has been a boss of yours, which is not necessarily the worst, uh, the worst uh, thing that can happen when you say, hey, look, he founded a unicorn. He was my boss, but he still invests in me. I, I think that, that's a pretty good sign, right? <laughs> I think so too. I want to believe it's a, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> TaxFix, how did this uh, connection come? Yes, uh, our seed round was led by uh, Red Alpine. Mm -hmm. It's a venture capital fund out of uh, Switzerland. And uh, Red Alpine had previously invested in TaxFix at the seed stage. So actually when, when TaxFix was the, was, the, was the project, it was not yet a unicorn in sight. And, and that's how the connection came. They made an intro. I, over time, developed a good relationship with uh, Matis, mm -hmm. uh, Matis Buchi. Uh, the, the founder and, CEO and former CEO from, uh, from TaxFix. 
And um, he's also one of our board members, by the way. And I, I realized over time, like, first of all, we clicked on a, on a personal level. Uh, and he has experience when it comes to acquisition and product that I don't have. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be very valuable um, to have him on board. And so eventually that's how it, I think it, it, it just grew very, very natural. And, and that's how he became a, an investor and board member. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen you raised in total more than 7 million US dollars, including seed and um, the business angel round. As you said, yes. um, investors include the Delta and Red Alpine from Switzerland. Um, The, the the usual question you guys would be open to talk to an investor right uh, absolutely yes. yes yes we actually yes. are you currently in fundraising mode like i mean no not currently in fundraising mm -hmm. mode i mean we we're always founders are always in fundraising mode <laughs> and, and whoever whoever tells you otherwise they either don't they're lying or or they haven't realized yet but we're always in fundraising mode let me rephrase this you're not in extreme fundraising mode <laughs> Exactly. We're not actively, the, the key word is active. We're not actively fundraising at the moment. And, um, but it's, uh, but I think we, we are now at the point with Kenjo where, um, we, last year we grew, we grew our revenues by, uh, more than, more than 300%, 330% actually. Uh, this year, even though we took it, let's say we took it a bit, uh, cautious, uh, because of the situation in the, in the economy, we're still going to more than double. Uh, our revenue mm -hmm. again uh, this year, um, and I think we let's say we're hitting we're hitting the right the right metrics to be to be able to to fundraise successfully soon. Uh, serious A, uh, ah, yeah. You, usually the magic threshold is oh, one million US dollars, um, but when you guys are growing so fast, uh, I was wondering, you guys are hiring as well, right? We are, yeah, we are, um, uh, yeah, pretty much across across the board, marketing, sales. Product tech. Example. As always, we'll link down here in the show notes your company um, <laughs> HR career side. Um, one of the last questions I would like to ask because we said you're the number one competitor here domestically of Personio. How is it like a very early stage startup in seed stage competing with an already um, official unicorn? I think I think that's uh, pretty much like Sisyphus trying to roll up this this rock to the uh, to the mountain top. Does it feel like this sometimes? Um, no, no, I, I wouldn't say so. No, and I and I, I will tell you why. Like first of all, when we look at the if we look at the the market, then let's say starting this from a macro perspective, the market is huge. Um, in Europe, only in Europe, there are 1.7 million SMBs. You, you mentioned before, oh, there must be a couple million companies around the world, SMBs. Uh, it's only Europe. It's 1.7 million SMBs. Uh, that's our target market. Very, very big market. If you look at how many customers Personio has, uh, it's, it's less than 1% market share. So uh, that means this is still the very, very, very early days of the market. And the market is now developing and maturing. And, and then... Um, there are different things that you can do as a younger mm -hmm. startup that the more established player can't do anymore. Like, for example, uh, you can you can build a different uh, distribution strategy. Mm -hmm. In in our case, we do a lot of um, what we call self-service, low-touch mm -hmm. sales. That means companies go go to Kenjo, they open a free trial, they they, they they create an account, and then they buy the product online themselves without us really getting involved. 
Um, this is much more difficult for a company like Personio that has a much more diet sales, let's say, model uh, or approach. And when you're a younger startup, it's it's easier to test to take more, you know take more more risks. So um, I just mentioned one of the ways in which we compete in the in the market, but it's also the focus on a specific segment of the market that we were talking about uh, before, um, where there are some industries where we are very powerful. And for a, for for example, for a company like Personio that is that big and serves certainly a very wide range of industries, it's much more difficult to to be focused and on a specific segment mm-hmm. of the market. So yeah, that's a. I would I would say those are just a couple of examples on how you can you can put up a fight against a more established player. I was, I, I was actually very much smiling when you've been uh, when you've been talking. Well, the customers go on your website, uh, use the tool, and then buy it. Uh, it sounded pretty much like um, all your um, all your sales employees are just chilling in the office, uh, drinking an ice cold bourbon, like you know the cliche. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, they, they, they have to work hard, hard as well. And, and, but it, it helps, this, this, this model helps a lot because oftentimes, uh, when we get a request for a demo, someone wants to have a look at the product, they, in, they have already bought, you know, in their, in their heads because they went through the product with a free trial. They clicked everything, every button, and they saw themselves generating value for their companies with our product. So they say the sale is it's easier and it's, it's not so much about um, pushing, but rather pulling and helping the customer onboard themselves into the platform and basically start realizing value as soon mm-hmm. as possible. So bottom line, I would say you guys have a more standardized, more easily explained, more easily implemented tool than, for example, Pazonio. And it's it, that's also one of the things as well. Yes, you there's all sorts of templates and pre uh, let's say, uh, set up or configured uh, workflows that you can activate easily uh, for your company. So the the onboarding time is also very, very fast. Just to give you an idea, we've had companies of almost 100 people, 100 employees uh, onboarded and up running with a platform in eight uh, working mm-hmm. days. Um, finally, and last question, um, you're also open to work with remote-only employees, right? Uh, yeah, we have some. We have some. Mm-hmm. Great. Like generally speaking, our, our policy is like hybrid, mm-hmm. uh, although very flexible when it comes to the office. Uh, but yeah, we, we have some remote uh, talent as well in the mm-hmm. company. David, it was a pleasure talking to you. We're now recording for a little bit over 35 minutes. So I assume our interview is 10 minutes longer than on average. So Thank you very much for your time. It was just a pleasure. And uh, when you progress, I'm sure in some time we will have you back here in the podcast. Thanks a lot, Joe. It was a pleasure to to be here with you. And maybe next time uh, when we become a unicorn, uh, we can uh, repeat. We do an exclusive. We're not anymore the challenger. We do an exclusive. Promise. (laughs) I have to talk to my my comms guy. (laughs) He's the one. (laughs) Okay. It's it's almost a promise. More than 20,000 listeners are now almost. witnesses. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.